1: insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money.
3: Good morning and welcome in to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and much, much more. What's on your financial mind? We take a look at the top stories of the business day and try to put some sort of perspective on them so that it all makes sense. Again, it's not always going to make sense, and we do the very, very, very best we can on a day-by-day basis. Business not necessarily something that we were taught was sexy and or high school years, I try to make it as sexy as possible. But some days the stories just aren't there, so do forgive me when that happens. Let's take a look at the market numbers today. First and foremost, we've got the Dow down 9, the NASDAQ up six, and S&P 500 down 1, 10-year treasury sits at 2.1%, gold down a buck, set at 1676, oil Down 60 cents to $104 a barrel. Probably the lamest April Fool's joke came from the lamest person on the planet, Susie Orman. She tweeted out to her tweeting followers that. That's right, Suze. She tweeted out to her her tweeting followers that she had bought Bank of America. That's not funny. That's just lame. I sent out to my neighbors plans to build a a four-story building. That's funny. With the plans for it. Saying you bought Bank of America is just lame. Although she does have that kind of money because she rapes her fan base. Rakes in the money on them. Selling them product that they don't need in any way shape or form so waiting for a correction it's turning out to be quite a wait wall street's just not pulling back even though people want it to i was talking to someone yesterday that was like yeah oh, i know this is a 30 year old kid he goes there's been five or six just like awful events in the last 10 years i wish i would take advantage of them keep waiting He's done 10 years of his investing career. 25 percent's over. I don't expect people to really invest when they're 14, 15, 16. But they need to invest from age 20 to 60. And a couple years ago when he lost his job, he used to work for ESPN, setting up microphones at football stadiums and things like that. When he lost his job, he decided to tap all of his savings. So at age 30, he has nothing. Nothing. Not a squat. Stock market rally continued strong yesterday despite a weak open. little bullish news. Consistent demand for stocks has been apparent through almost every trading day. Yesterday was no different. Perceived reduction of risk from potential European credit problems. Maybe a renewed weakening in the U.S. economy. There always seems to be issues that we're navigating on the positive and on the negative side right now. So it's like uh, the Slalom on... Economy, meh, looking good, going to the right. Then we come back and go, ah, I'm not looking so good, going left. And then you get the, the bumps along the road. But this is a pretty good course. We're doing okay. The underlying driving force of excellent relative value for stocks is lifted man amidst a reduction in fear. Those fundamentals haven't changed in the past few years and won't change this year. Market sentiment can shift quickly. And given the run in the market, a little bearish news could, should, and will lead to a sell-off. I welcome a sell-off at this point in time. I've been maxing out my 401k at 52-week highs all year long. I would prefer to be maxing out my 401k at you know 10%, 20% off. But damn it, it's not coming. Caution makes a little bit of sense in this kind of stock market. Because in theory, we should get some sort of pullback some sort of soon. We're up 12% for the year, 13%, 14%, 15%. Like, you can't continue to march in that one general direction. You got to have pullbacks. Pullbacks are normal. Pullbacks are healthy. Pullbacks are welcome in my world. U.S. factory orders climbed 1.3% on capital goods. Molson Coors, going to buy Brewer Starbev for $3.5 billion. That's an interesting throw. I've never heard of Starbev. I've never noticed Starbev. So I should. It's one of those companies that, you know, you're trying to learn the whole lay of the land. Molson Coors, ticker symbol TAP, great ticker symbol for a beer company. They agreed to buy Starbath for 2.65 billion euros. Ah. So they're adding brands like Promen, Staropramen? Staropramen. And they're trying to get into Central and Eastern Europe, basically. You get into those stores, get into those relationships. Ah. Molson Coors' portfolio has been extremely mature market-focused. So this is them going for an underrepresented angle in emerging markets. We'll see how it pulls off. General Motors posted 11.8% monthly sales gain. Buick and Cadillac shares uh, sales dropped. Back to the factory order goods, up 1.3% in February. January was revised down. This is kind of one of the problems with statistics, especially economic data, is it's tough to, to grab it all, put it into something that you can eat, consume, understand. And then represent it. Sometimes statistics take a month, two, three months to really blend out. So bookings rose 1.3%, but then we saw January was revised down 1.1%. What, what, what? Like, that's tough for you to put your head around. It's tough to, okay, so this month looks better than last month, but we thought last month looked better than it was. We were supposed to get a 1.5% increase, but again, maybe next month it'll be increased from 1.3 to 1.5. We don't know. Demand for new vehicles and business investments are sustaining production gains in American factories. Manufacturing sector is the rock of which the recovery is being built around. Manufacturing sector is probably adding about 200,000 plus jobs monthly. Is that good enough? Taking a look at the, the markets, you know, we'll, make a decision on that sooner rather than later. See if there's any other big stories that we have to hit this morning. I don't think there really are. I don't think anything's jumping off the page, if you get what I'm saying. Um, 3D Systems, ticker symbol DDD. It's being added to the S&P Small Cap 600 Index. It's replacing a company called Toledo. Toleo has being acquired by Oracle. Allegiant Travel an air company. They're being—they're going to charge charging customers for using overhead bins on flights. That pisses me off so much. Build it into the ticket. Build it into the ticket. If it's in the cabin, build it into the ticket. If you want to charge for bags to fly, that's fine. But are these companies just like trying to piss us off? Charging for overhead bins on a flight. Now I know why passengers are flipping out and, and, and trying to jump off airplanes in the middle of the flight. Because the process of getting through security, getting to the airport, getting your ticket done, standing in line, and then they're going to charge you $35 to use an overhead bin. I don't know. Maybe I, I medicate enough so that it doesn't bother me when I fly, but I, that's just, it's angry me talking about it. Google and Oracle are headed. To trial in an intellectual property case involving Google's Android mobile software. CEO of SunTech Power told Reuters he expects the company and the industry to return to profit in the fourth quarter. Don't forget, I get a seminar coming up not this Thursday, but the following Thursday in Palo Alto, Dinosaur Garden Inn. You can find out more information at robblack.com. Got a newsletter that I'm going to be sending out shortly this week. Sign up at robblack.com under Visitor Sign Up. <laughs>
1: Visit Rob Black online at RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome
3: in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I'm a big fan of Jim Gaffigans, the comedian. I find him to be funny. Let's tell my producer, Russ, that, uh, said, where do you get your news from? And I'm like, it all comes from Twitter. I aggregate everything on Twitter. Even your favorite comedians you can throw in there and, you know, uh, load up some tweets and take a look at what's going around the world pretty fast in a different perspective. You know, GM March U.S. sales up 11.8%, well below estimates of a 20.6% gain. To me, you see that headline and say sales up 11.8%. Sweet! You would imagine that would be great, but it's not enough when compared to what expectations were. Jim Gaffigan, he sees, you know, he's talking about it's spring break for his six-year-old kid, so he has to act like he doesn't sit on the couch all day long, Monday through Friday. And like, I get it. Cute sense of humor. Dow's down 33. The Nasdaq's up fractions. The S&P 500's down four. Welcome in. CFP Chad Burton, he is the Ayatollah of rock and roll when it comes to financial planning. How are you, Mr. Burton? Good, thanks.
4: <laughs> the Ayatollah, I like that one.
3: Yeah, I don't think I made that up. I think I stole that from somebody. With that said, uh, let's talk a little 401k f- fees because companies seem to differ like golden clay. Some 401ks are ideal. Some 401ks are costly, and they've got a horrible product in them. Yeah. So, what do we need to know in the world of 401k and 401k fees?
4: Well, first of all, if you're an employer and you know you started your business, you had some employees. They wanted a 401k plan, so you started it. And a lot of times, they started it with an insurance company and the internal fees in these things are often around 2% to get the, the everything covered and usually either you directly or your employees are paying for it right out of the account and they're not going to lower the fees to the next fee schedule level unless you ask now recent laws have said that you know as a as a 401k program is an offering they're going to have to send out a very clear statement on what the 401k fees are so this is going to become a bigger issue in 2012 and 13 where people are going to realize the costs of their 401k so, you know, once you have a good amount of assets in the plan, you're able to shop it. You're able to go to the vanguards, the T. Rowe prices, the, you know, get load, no load funds and even ETFs into the 401k plan to get the fees down for your employees. I think there's a
3: law with uh, the teachers 457s and 403Bs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a law that if they ask for a provider, it legally has to be given to them. So if, for instance, in their district, they don't have fidelity, they could raise their voice and say, I'd like to use fidelity. That provider has to be made accessible to them,
4: which is kind of cool. You know, the the it's kind of a backfire on what's going on in the four hundred and three b market because I used to be able to you know take a somebody's four hundred and three b and roll it over into another four hundred and three b so I can manage it at the custodian that I use, which is TD Ameritrade. But that's almost impossible right now. So hopefully that changes. Um, You know, a lot of teachers get stuck with what they're in.
3: When we started off as a young company, you know, you, you basically put your 401k assets with almost anyone, like you said. Yeah. Um, but a little bit later in life, as your company starts to mature, you have the power, and not necessarily they have the power. Early on, it does feel like you have to go with whatever anyone's willing to provide for you. Yeah,
4: and it's a much more competitive market now, so a lot of companies, uh, you know, whether it's your ADP, your paychecks, or whatever, have 401ks that are pretty much a just huge array of no-load funds that you can use. and almost nearly a flat fee or a per participant fee to do it versus super high management fees inside the account so shop around
3: New Focus Financial has a 401k plan do you have any annual maintenance fees
4: we we have a per participant fee and then the annual fee to file the 5500 through through the payroll company
3: what happens and i was just trying to set a standard of uh you know what people can expect out there mm-hmm. cuz obviously New Focus Financial is going to be on top of their 401k trying to take care of their employees um, what if you work for a company that has a bad, like, high annual fees or a housing fee or a trading fee or mutual fund fees? Uh, what's your, your mode of, you know, I, I, I get people that email me and they said I just hate my 401k options. They're too expensive. So you got to get two to three or four
4: people together and you've got to send emails to the HR department. It's part of HR's job is to make sure that the employee benefits are run correctly. And part of the prudent man rule is to make sure people are educated if you're going to offer a 401k, too, as a business, you've got to educate people, um, including yourselves, on what funds are good and bad inside the program.
3: Well, I work at Cron, and I can tell you that – and, you know, from talking to the teachers, I can tell you the HR departments are not very smart. Yeah. You know, the HR departments care more about sexual harassment versus educating people on investment options. Uh, and I'm the financial guy at a TV station, and I see, you know, just these amazing just salespeople from just horrible companies come in. And uh, they bring pizza, and they're like, you should sign up for our funds, and their funds are the high-load funds, and HR doesn't know what they're, they're getting these people in f- doing.
4: Yeah, and at least, you know, now if you're 55 or older and you have a 401k plan with a large amount and you don't like it, most plans allow you to do what's called an in-service rollover where you can roll over into an IRA, a self-managed IRA. Um at least a minimum of your contributions. Okay. So if you're really unhappy or you want some day-to-day help with managing your funds, you can call up your 800 number on your statement, say, am I eligible for an in-service rollover to an IRA? Okay. That way you can either manage it yourself or hire a money manager to to do it for you.
3: That's something you sometimes recommend where people want to work with a financial planner like yourself and all their assets are in their 401k. You say, are you X amount of age and can you do an in-service rollover? Because it's a way for you... Uh, to help them outside of their own 401k plan
4: yeah and, and a lot of it too has to do with uh, most of the time it's because we're looking at the 401k choices that they have and the bond choices are awful okay. and this is the hardest area to manage right now and where a lot of risk lies in the next couple of years as interest rates will likely creep up after the uh, quantitative easing process is over
3: anything else that we need to know
4: uh you know just on your 401ks too it's something that you have to manage one of two ways by either rebalancing it through an automatic rebalance or or make sure you change where your contributions are going to rebalance your portfolio.
3: I don't always keep my eye on my 401k. k. I kind of like let it accumulate, but there's a button that's auto rebalance.
4: Yeah, you can auto rebalance every one once a year, twice a year, every quarter. Okay,
3: and mathematically, that just um, it's taking a look that you have too much small caps and it's saying let's buy some large cap because they've underperformed. It it's just yeah,
4: it, okay. it causes you to, to to sell high and buy low.
3: There you go. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. So that's CFP Chad Burton. He and I will be doing an event at the Dinus Garden Hotel coming up right around the corner on the 10th. Is it the 10th or is it the 12th? It's the 12th at Dynas Garden Hotel in Palo Alto. It's a wealth preservation retirement planning event. Gene Munster's on CNBC this morning. He's saying Apple $1,000 price target. Not that hard to get there. He says, we've been working on this call for the past month. He thinks Research in Motion and Nokia's phone business will virtually go to nothing over time. He thinks it's game over. He thinks Research in Motion goes out of business, leaving only Samsung and Android phones versus Apple. That's a hell of a call. I own shares of Apple. I own shares of Qualcomm. They're both plays on Apple. I've got a lot of wealth tied up in those two names. It gets scary when everyone's saying the same thing. You can go into an Apple store and buy an iPad. Let's call it the iPad 3. At this point in time, you couldn't go into a store and buy an iPad 2. starting to get a little bit trickier there. Apple is the secretariat of tech stocks. Hits another 52-week high today. Gene Munster says a TV product's all that it's going to take to get Apple to 1,000. AM1220. KDOW Keep on rolling keep
1: on rolling I can fade and I forget you I am good sense I see your faces but it all means nothing to me All that money wants Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com Now back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Welcome in,
3: it's Rob Black and your money, I'm Rob Black. Money is awesome because it buys you happiness. Happiness means paying your rent, paying your mortgage, your insurance, having a car. Hollywood loves money as well. Hollywood loves money, 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 precious money. John Carter, the box office flop for Disney, is turning out to be a little bit of a, a victor. It's now grossed $254 million, $4.5 million over its budget. It was an epic that many feared was going to be a massive flop, but overseas, it's it's chugging along. $66 million here in the U.S., but $188 million internationally. Uh, and it's still yet to hit Blu-ray, DVD, so uh, Waterworld... Kevin Costner, who's probably the worst actor in America, cost $175 million to make it, only earned $88 million in North America. But overseas, it pulled in $264 million. This overseasness is starting to play more and more into our minds on Wall Street and investing, and we're getting it. We're putting more of our mutual funding into overseas markets. We're understanding that Disney can pull a rabbit out of its hats with John Carter Manon from Mars. Dow's down 18 today. NASDAQ up six. S&P 500 down one. NASDAQ's up because Apple's up. It's pretty ludicrous. We don't know what Apple's going to come out with for their next product to really support the next leg up. We don't know if it's going to be a giant iPad or a giant iPhone or if it's going to be a television product. We know that Apple has worked on projects secretly for many years, and sometimes they just don't release anything until it feels right. They started working on the iPad before the iPhone, and then the iPhone took over command, and they're kind of lucky because the operating system for the phone worked incredibly well as the operating system for the tablet. Had they released the tablet, it probably would have been very similar to the Newton a little bit before its time. Let's take a quick phone call. Oops, I don't know his name. John. John, how are you?
5: Yeah, hi, Rob. I'm doing great, thanks. How are you?
3: I'm okay at best.
5: So, uh, first of all, I have to agree with you. I absolutely agree that uh, money does provide happiness.
3: (laughs) I was being a little sarcastic, but I'm glad you see it that way.
5: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, talking about uh, trying to make more money in order to be happy, I have a question about a company called Complete Genomics. Um, it's a biotech company that specializes in uh, genome sequencing, and I was wondering what your take was about their financials and uh, long-term viability. Do you work for
3: the company, or, or do you interact with the company?
5: I don't work with the co- with the company or for the company. I don't have anything to do with them. Um, but I, I am. Uh, their stock started uh, rising, increasing a little bit in the last couple of days, and I was just wondering if there's any more insight as far as uh, just looking at their spreadsheets and charts and so on.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll do what I can to give you a second opinion. Keep in mind, biotech's probably the most out-of-realm comfortability that I could possibly have, in large part because I don't know the scientists. I don't know the science of it all. Yeah, This is a company that moves big, quickly, and thanks for the call. Um, Illumina is a company that Roche is trying to acquire. And Illumina, ticker symbol ILMN, basically is a play on a biotech takeover. So when that happened, complete genomics moves higher. aphometrics move higher. Life sciences moves higher. uh, Company PACB moves higher. And basically it's on the idea of acquisition. Oppenheimer downgraded complete genomics Back in early January to perform from outperformed. Disappointing results. A little uh, slower than expected backlog growth. An operational misstep. Despite an estimated 21% sequential price decline in genome average selling prices, they booked nearly 2,000 fewer genome tests than forecast. So they're missing some of their internal numbers. Complete Genomics has been selected by the Mayo Clinic Center for Individualized Medicine. Provide outsourced human genome sequencing. Kind of fun, kind of sexy. You know, what the company does is certainly cool. It's a life sciences company. Outsourced human DNA sequencing services for biotech companies. Customers mail in organic samples to Complete Genomics, which in turn sequences the samples, DNA, using a proprietary sequencing platform. It basically provides a map for people uh, determining order of nucleotides in the strand. They provide an electronic record of the results to their customers who use the information for disease research or drug discovery purposes. It's founded in 2005. I believe it's a Bay Area company, Mountain View, California. Um, taking a look at the financials, you're not going to get a lot here. Yeah, it, it's, this is a play on the future kind of have to know that revenues have jumped from 600,000, 9.4 million to 20 million, but their losses have been large all along. They lost 4.4 million, then 10.5 million, then 9 million. So yeah, their, their percentage of loss is, uh, as they're making revenue, their percentage of loss is still pretty high. You know, gross profit margins have fallen from 111% negative to 46%. They got to get profitable for me to really, really care about them. Um, their operating income is negative, and it's growing on a regular basis. They got $77 million in cash, so they're not going to run out of money anytime soon. When you take a look at the company, uh, let me pull up, and I should mention the ticker symbol for everyone who wants to play at home. It's G-N-O-M, G-N-O-M, and it stands for Complete Genomics. genomics. Um, $100 million micro, um, market cap, That's a, it's a microcap. I mean, it's tiny. They will get acquired is the idea, and it's moving higher probably, and I won't say definitively, probably because of the Illumina deal. Um, There's some litigation that Illumina has brought up against complete genomics in the past, saying that complete genomics is infringed on some of the patents. Patent 6,306,597. It's uh, announced the launch of a cancer analysis service. Um, some people are pointing to the National Human Genome Research Institute report as a catalyst behind some of the actions recently. If you really, really want, I could send you a report on what that's all about. Um, but if you go to genome.gov, it's there as well. Genome.gov and its report on uh, genomics that, that recently came out that stock is benefiting from. Um, there's a paper talking about the uh, various. Effects of hepatitis B virus on liver cancer genomes. The papers demonstrating an increased mutagenic load induced by HBV infection. Again, I'm way out of league in this. Right? They lost 67 cents a share. It's, it's a it's a small company. If you go to the annual annual meeting, shareholders meeting, if you follow the S filings, you're going to be way ahead of the game than I can. I could just tell you what the research community sees and the research community is not going to put a whole hell of a lot of effort into a company that's losing this much money. Um, I don't know their customers. There's a lot of things that I just don't know. Former, and I'll, I'll just end it cold turkey right there. Former Vice President Dick Cheney was released today from the hospital 10 days after getting heart transplant surgery. You could insert a joke there, you know? I don't need to do it. Oh, Sarah Palin's on NBC this week for product. She's on uh, the Today Show because Good Morning America pulled in Katie Kirk for a week. That's just, you get that it's product, right? You get that it's all about selling stuff. Kentucky. Big winner winning chicken dinners. Who told you before the tournament started Kentucky was going to win it all and beat Kansas in the final game? Who did it? I I don't know I forgot. Oh yeah, it was me. AM twelve twenty KDOW.
1: Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back
3: in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and much, 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 much more. What's on your financial mind? Coming up, we're going to have Chad Burton on the show. 835. Do you sell in April and go away? Do you move into seasonal stocks? Do you go to Europe? What are the experts saying? It's a good question. Um, We've had a good year so far. And that's making some people start thinking, you know, how can I protect this good year? I don't know. It's going to come down to you for sure. I don't want to make the decision for you. But I think you could certainly diversify your portfolio. I think that's always a smart thing to do. Let's see what else we got for you today. I think it would be nice if you had a strategy, so to speak. Get your calls there, it's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. What's on your financial mind? Today we're seeing John Carter save Disney. We're seeing a little bit more on Apple the price target going being raised. One analyst is saying, and I wish I could make this up, he says, "Research emotions going out of business." And people are saying that's good for Apple. This is Gene Munster. Gene Munster's a pretty savvy analyst. He's put a $910 price target on Apple. One analyst this week in a publicity stunt put a $1,001 stock on it, price target. Branded TV product. It hasn't been launched. Will it be launched is a big question. Best Buy was cut to sell. Best Buy is dipping today. One analyst is basically saying it's a sell. You know, when I go into Best Buy, I can't help but see just a, a big friggin' warehouse. It's just its too much space. I like Best Buy. They put Circuit City out of business, and when I went into Circuit City, I always felt like dirty. You could kind of tell that their salespeople were making commission. Ford said today that sales of its vehicles rose 5% in March of the previous year's period. Car sales up 8%. The Ford Focus leaping up 78%. Utility vehicles increased 6%. Truck sales up 11%. Chrysler, their sales up 34% year over year. They're controlled by Italy's Fiat. They reported a 34% increase in sales to 163,000 cars and trucks. Combination of credit availability and an improving economy, pent-up demand, all helping the stock. So the, the trading strategies that you use right now, are they market-driven? Do you have to get out of stocks? You know I'm talking about a pullback in the market. I would be very, very happy with a pullback in the market. Uh, A rebalancing of a portfolio, for instance. uh, Small caps should do well in in economic expansion in the United States. They don't have much exposure to Europe. Got an overweight on small caps for that reason. So spring cleaning is more what I would be doing rather than an aggressive bet. I'm just not an aggressive type of better. Too much risk for me. It's being risk out of the market. Can't do. I don't see the call on the caller screen. Who do we got? Steve. Steve, you're on. What's up?
5: Uh, I noticed uh, this morning that uh, Ticker sig uh, ticker Frog, F-R-O-G, is being backed by Pamela Anderson. and I'm just wondering how sexy that might be. She's,
3: hold on. Are you pulling my leg here?
5: No, no, I'm not pulling your leg. No, okay. Your frog leg. I'm not pulling your frog leg. I think it's uh, uh, some way to buy and sell things over the internet.
3: Okay, so you got to tell me more. How do you know? Um, how do you know Pamela Anderson's tied to the company?
5: Well, I saw it on uh, Yahoo uh, on my format this morning, about four this morning. Okay. Why do and you? I think it's a penny stock.
3: It is a penny stock, and it's gone from forty cents to. Uh, before this news, it was $0.10 this morning. Basically a spiral of death.
5: I see. Do you like penny stocks? I don't. I'm intrigued by them, but I've never done any good by them.
3: Yeah, I don't know. She's a celebrity icon. She's held a press conference to talk a little bit about it. She was probably given some shares, which she's probably selling right now, knowing that she could probably get on Howard Stern and talk about it or get on Yahoo and, and get headlines going for it spokesperson, frogads.com. I, I don't support penny stocks. I don't recommend people support penny stocks. To me, it's like, uh, it's white trash. It's beneath me. It's uh, pigs in a blanket. It's it's just yeah, not.
5: Yeah, it's a false hope in a lot of cases.
3: In most cases. If you could show me penny stocks that have become real stocks, show me 10. And I, I bet that'll take you probably 10 years to prepare a report on 10 penny stocks that became grown up, small-cap companies on the NASDAQ. So most of them fail, and, and thanks for the call, and good luck. Hey, and, and, and very cute, pulling my frog leg, because you probably don't know this. I've actually got a leg that is frogs. It uh, happened when I was a child. It was a horrific car accident, and they uh, sewed a frog leg on. Yep. See, it wasn't that funny, was it? <laughs> That's me getting out of my driveway. That's not my horrific car accident. That's... The driveway. Ooh, I got to work on my driveway. Things that I get to spend money on. Fun things that Rob gets to spend money on. Uh, I got to put a clear-out valve in my driveway because I don't... I assume that everyone should have a clear-out valve, and I don't have a clear-out valve. And These are things that are going through my head. Manhattan apartment prices are declining. In a tell that the financial industry is really hurting New York City hard, Manhattan apartment prices dropped for the first quarter. as New buyers seeking refuge from rising rents drove purchases of lower-cost studios and one-bedroom units to a two-year high. The median price of all condominiums and co-ops, that changed hands, fell 1% to $775,000. $775,000. You know, one of my dream jobs would be to be a game show host, but there's not that many game shows around anymore, are there? I know mean, you're saying, is that really a dream? Check out my frog leg. Uh, U.S. economy entering a sweet spot right now. China's starting to slow. That's got some people a little bit freaked out. Stocks are little changed this morning, all things considered. Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley retreating about 1%. Caterpillar and McDonald's up about 6 tenths of a percent. We're in a very low growth environment, hence we should get lower returns than what we've gotten for the first quarter of the year, up 12%. The Fed open market committee is releasing their minutes of their March 13th meeting. And, you know, their assessment will probably be that we're going to keep rates exceptionally low through 2013 and 2014. You know, strategists have advised investors to reduce equity allocations in six of the past eight months, and they've been wrong. Is now the time to do it? This is Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You can find me online at robblack.com. I'll be sending out a newsletter later this week. If you want to sign up for it, it's free. Go to robblack.com. Visitor sign up. Take a break here. Come back. Take a look at the markets with CFP, Chad Burton.
1: Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
3: Welcome back in Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing much, much more. What's on your financial mind? What are you thinking? What questions do you have? We've determined today that I don't like penny stocks. I find them to be white trashy. Very Jessica simpson ask. if you know what I'm saying. Beneath me. Dow's down 49, Nasdaq down fractions, S p 500 down 5. Is this the pullback that we've been waiting for all year long? Let's go to CFP, Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you?
2: Great. Uh, you know what was genius was, I think you said penny stocks are like pigs in a blanket. You like that? I think that was great.
3: You like pigs in a blanket? Be honest with
2: me. You know, the last time I went to pick, you know, got pigs in a blanket was like, let a really, you know... Low class breakfast restaurant, and like on the way back from the coast in a town that maybe has twenty people.
3: I so think that was perfect. Okay, so grits, not white trash. Pigs and blanket, white trash. For those keeping score, I
2: guess I guess the grits depends on where you are, right?
3: It's Southern comfort food, right? Southern comfort. Speaking of which, um, Chad Burton's got a CFP uh, designation behind his name or in front of his name. How do you feel about that?
2: I like it, you know, and I've got. Five certified financial planners at the firm. So, I've got,
3: listen to you, you little toy yeah. collector.
2: <laughs> I'm a CFP collector. There
3: you go. Um, People can find you at newfocusfinancial.com. Let's hit a quick email. This one says, Hi Cheticus, should I buy ESPP with 15% discount or is it better to put that amount in a taxable mutual fund? Thanks, Jonathan.
5: Well,
2: I think that, you know, if Something tells me that maybe the stock of the company that he's working for might not be going in the right direction because most people realize, you know, if you can buy your company stock at a 15% discount in an employee stock purchase plan and the stock is either trending sideways or up, that you want to take advantage of that discount. It's like a match in a 401k. It's like free money, right? Right. So in this situation, it depends on the trend of the stock. I mean, if you know, if I worked um, a year or two ago at Research at Motion, and I was looking at that stock, I probably wouldn't be buying it no matter what, right?
3: Well, I don't know. It's, if you listen to Jim Cramer, you would have been buying it.
2: <laughs> Booyah! And eating a lot of pigs in blankets.
3: I, I, you do sense that he eats pigs in blankets, don't you? I think so. He's got little sausage fingers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he probably gets
2: confused and bites them once in a while. He eats pigs in a blanket.
3: I could see him eating pigs in a blanket and then licking his fingers going... <laughs> like little vienna, uh,
2: anyways, uh, little vienna sausage fingers depending on the trend of the, the employer stock you want to take advantage of that employee stock purchase program but what you have to get in the habit of is when you're dealing with any employee benefit that has you accumulate shares of the company that you work for you need to start selling and have a strategy to sell and reinvest the funds. and that's when you still need that tax-efficient mutual fund or etf so what I tell people is once they, if they're younger and they're, they're between their options and their ESPPs, if their stock becomes more than 10% of their portfolio, sell your RSUs as they best to reinvest the money. Sell the ESPPs when they're two years old and reinvest the money in tax-efficient mutual funds. So you don't end up in those Enron situations or those tech bubble situations where you know, 100% of your portfolio is in the stock that you work for, and then the company has a research-in-motion-like event.
3: Okay, so basically I look at this question. I always look at your company's stock as the riskiest stock to own because for most people, it's how they pay for their mortgages. For most people, it's how they pay for their insurance. It's how they save for retirement. So I like the free money, but I instantly diversify that free money in my mind. Uh, once I have that asset, to me, it's it's just an asset. It, it, I don't change the way I invest because of it.
2: It is it's like, you know, <clears throat> Unless, of course it's restricted stock stock shares that people get, as they vest, they are fully taxed to you. And, in fact, typically a certain amount of shares are held to pay those taxes. So the rest of the shares that you end up owning, you know, you own them at the cost basis that they're taxed to you. So, you know, when people have too much in one company stock, it makes no sense to me why they continue to hold those RSUs unless they, you know, a lot of times it's because they think the stock is going to skyrocket or something. And when you're younger, it's hard to control, because when you're younger in the Bay Area, you're physically working for, you know, startups that you get the grants, you get the incentive stock options, and non-qualified options, and there might not even be a 401k match yet. So you'll end up heavy in the, that company stock anyway.
3: I'm speaking today to a Visa Women's Conference, which is the women employees of Visa around the world. It's going to be this huge webinar, and I'm actually talking to the Visa Conference. Question. Should I wear a tank top? Show, uh, off, my yes, gu- so- show off my guns?
2: Yep, a white one.
3: <laughs> They'll love it. I was thinking belly shirt, wife beater, or tank top.
2: You think you should wear the white tank top, but tie it in a knot, mid-belly, you know?
3: (laughs) That would look good. If I came on stage, you got to imagine someone would pull me off stage almost instantly. They'd think that I've been drinking.
2: (laughs) I think you've been drinking right now.
3: I'm sober as as a, a nun's habit. Right. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... <sighs> what should I tell the people of Visa?
2: <laughs> you do, I know, that's, dude, this is the great thing about you, is that you always write your speech right before you go on.
3: Pretty much so, but it always I always pull it off pretty well. It works out. It works so. out. Um, Tax-efficient investing. Tax-efficient investing. Well, um, yeah. Is it possible?
2: The you ESPPs know, and, you know, RSUs as they invest, people need to sell them and, uh, you know, sell the SPPs typically if you're starting to get overweight after the stock. After you tell them for two years, sell them. For, that's the best way to get all of the tax benefits and qualify for as much as possible long-term capital gains. And then reinvest and um, you, you're going to have to do in a taxable account typically. And so you want to pick a tax-efficient mutual fund. And these are either index funds or in exchange-traded funds or ETFs that are basically index funds that trade like a stock. So You can go to TD Ameritrade and you know buy all the iShares, for example. There's 100 different ETFs that you could buy without a trading cost. And the reason why they're more tax-efficient is because if they're tracking an index, typically an index only changes once a year, so you get one trading event a year, creating that capital gain. Um, or there's mutual funds out there that are known for active tax-loss harvesting. So if they get midway through the year, and they see some stocks that they own inside the fund a lost. They'll sell them, buy something else, or, or just go to cash for 31 days and buy them back and, and create small losses that offset your longer-term gains in the future. Um, so that, that's something that people should do themselves anyways, and some fund managers do that internally. So as you sell, those ESPPs and those RSUs, as they come as they vest, um yeah, you want to look for tax efficient mutual funds. If you're just starting out as an investor, that might be a total stock market index fund in the US and a total stock market index fund internationally.
3: Okay. Is there anything else that we need to know?
2: Um yeah, I mean it's if, if you a lot of people ask, you know, how much should I have in my stock as I'm younger versus older? It's tough to control when you're younger, especially if you're start go to a startup and you have grants and you don't have much of it else in your portfolio. But ten years out from retirement, you should try to whittle it down so that by the time, you know, good Year two in advance of retirement, you're down to less than 5% of the company stock that you work for. That's that's controlling your risk in retirement. And we talked a little bit about uh, about that at the event um, next Thursday,
3: too, at Dinah's Garden. Okay. Um, Thursday event coming up at Dinah's Garden. It's going to be Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. Michelle Lerman, a planner, will be there. You'll be there. I'll be there. I'll talk about some stocks that I hold, uh, Outlook Portfolio Structures. It's, it's a pretty good event. And Dinah's Garden Hotel, easy to get to in Palo Alto. Yep, it's a good spot. So if you can sign up at com. So my speech today, back to me, Chad. I think halfway through I go something like, I think I'm going to puke. And then walk towards the front row. Yeah.
2: Perfect. <laughs> watch too many American Pie movies.
3: I, you know, I've never seen an American Pie movie. No,
2: really? It's, it's like the exact type of thing that would happen.
3: I don't like movies. That's a little secret about me. For some reason, I, I tend to like high-quality cable television shows, but I... I Movies don't. I've seen every movie. Like, aren't they all just rehashes of a something else now?
2: They are. This stuff is so much you know made over and over again. I, you know what's funny? You were talking about John Carter um, last yes. last break or before the last break, and it's kind of one of the things where my kids are just even sick of watching three D movies. But I want to see that one because it bombed so badly.
3: It, now, now it turns out French it didn't bomb. The I French, know, they're, the they're French they're love doing
2: it well overseas.
3: The French love John Carter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chad Burton, Pigs in a Blanket. Find him online at (laughs) pigsinablanket.com. Thanks, Chad. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It's Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. What else do I need to say other than that? Probably nothing. Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. Crude oil's dropping. It had its biggest gain in six weeks. Now it's dropping. What up with that? Um That's, you know, again, you can't get caught up. Yesterday I did a little spot for my Mevio web work, which I don't know if you know, but I do some web work, little digestible videos that you can get. I'm the money editor over at Mevio.com, M-E-V-I-O.com. And basically money editor just basically implies that I get to do whatever the hell I want to do and no one messes with me. But I did a little spot yesterday about one of the biggest mistakes people make is trying to be like God. And I made fun of... uh Kramer because he's a clown. He's a monkey. And it's funny because people watch him thinking this guy's smarter than me. I better listen to him. He's going to make me money. He's going to whisper something in my ear. That's going to make me money. You know, the problem with that is, is when you go out on the limb every day, like he does, he's going out on the limb on 2025 20, stocks with his lightning round. You can't, he can't possibly know that many stocks Intimately. He can get the general trend, he can get the general theme out, but he can't give you anything specific or anything notable. He hasn't talked to that company. Biggest mistakes most investors make is trying to be like God. And I think Icarus once taught us that you don't want to be like God. Let God fly up there. We get too close to it, we burn, crash to earth. Booyah! If you think people have some sort of magical power that they can convey to you through radio or TV, <laughs> you're wrong. And that was uh, Mr. Kramer chiming in. My monkey friend. You can find me at robblack.com. It's robblack.com if you want to learn more about this. It. It's
1: been a. Co- Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM twelve twenty KDOW.
3: I have no clue what this song is. Which tells you I'm either tragically on hip or I live in my own little world. And I think it's New York, New York by Brian Adams. Ryan Adams. The less successful Adams brother. There's Brian Adams, there's Ryan Adams, there's Sam Adams. Wildly popular. Wildly successful, Sammy. And that's all the Adams I know, John Quincy, John Quincy Junior, uh, Sister Apple, Apple Adams. You'll figure it out. Later today, you'll choke on your uh, uh, something. <laughs> your pigs in a blanket. Oh, good golly! When will this show ever end? It won't. <laughs> Europe's stock markets are lower, yields on debt of Italy and Spain edge higher. Will Italy and Spain be the next Greece? Probably not. They've got much bigger economies to work with. That's the thought. Crude oil prices trimming losses in early pit trading today. FOMC meetings being posted this morning at 11 a.m., if you've never read a Fed policy statement, let me know, and I'll send one out to you. You can email me, rob at robblack.com. Like, that's good reading. I know you're saying, do you really get in the bathtub and read FOMC meeting notes? I do. I, uh, You know, my, the only time I bathe is Saturdays, reading Barron's. I get kind of comfortable, draw a bath, pour a little vanilla in it. Get the mood right. Put on my big cottony robe that I stole from the Fairmont. Bubbles going. Get the music playing. Slip in the tub and read an episode. Front to back, cover to cover. Little zooby zooby zoo music. and read my barons, all by my lonesome you know the original Zuby Zuby Zoo was sung by a 16 year old teenage French girl and the world went nuts like it was too sexual a song was too sexual flash forward to sexual healing by Marvin Gaye which I think has got to be one of the greatest sexy songs of all time I know you're saying sexy songs Rob not your forte of expertise please move on Tell me about Apple. Will Apple hit $1 trillion? I'll say this. I think they've got 15 more years of dominance in an ecosystem. For every dollar they make at the iTunes store, Google only makes 24 cents at the Google Play store. Amazon actually makes more in revenue from apps than Google does, which many people wouldn't imagine. You know, my sister recently bought a DVD of a, some sort of dinosaur movie. Her kid loves dinosaurs. And basically, I, I, I beat my sister with my back hand. Like, I, I had to, you know, pimper around a little bit. Just slap, 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 slap. Like, why are you buying DVDs? Who buys DVDs anymore? Download it from Apple. Own it for life. It's part of the ecosystem, which you can now own for life. So, Gene Munster, which if you had the last name of Munster, you would play that up. Wouldn't you? You're gonna be Gene Munster. You'd be Munster. You'd make people like hunch their back when they say it. He puts a nine hundred and ten dollars price target on Apple. He thinks it can go to thousand dollars a share or more. Now he thinks it hits a thousand potentially in 2014 it would imply the first trillion-dollar market cap in history. His target's based on 14 times PE, which is not crazy. Some investors believe the biggest issue for Apple to get to 1,000 is the market cap along with excessive investor exuberance. The way it gets to 1,000 is based on cash and earnings. That's not crazy. Now, the question is, I've got to the point where I'm letting my phone die. I'm not going out and rushing out and getting a new phone. I'm not that guy. I don't need to be that guy. I'm not exactly cutting edge. I don't have to be cutting edge. And like, that's the fear on Apple is that people slow down. But Gene Munster saying he thinks research and motion goes out of business. That's a big damn statement. But he also says, on the other hand, I see 27% year-over-year growth. If you could show me 10 companies in the S&P 500 with 27% earnings growth year-over-year, I'd cut off my hand and flush it down the toilet. This is a unique company that is hitting everything perfectly. Now, with that said, let me be honest with you. You can go to the Apple store today and pick up an iPad 3. That's not good news. Now, they sold 3 million of them in the first weekend, which is good news. But on the other hand, which I just flushed down the toilet, you can go pick one up. The demand's not jumping like crazy. An iPad 2 has now been lowered to a price tag that's a little bit cheaper, which draws in new users. But it's also cannibalizing some of the iPad 3 performance. So anyway, that's all I got for you today. Paying attention to oil. Markets very responsive to the equity market with higher gas, lean prices. Oil is going to be a follower. I own oil stocks. I have no shame in that. I own some Chevron, Texaco. No shame in it. Uh, They don't have the natural gas exposure that Exxon has. Natural gas, what we're learning is like, it's almost like water. It's almost too cheap to get to. I'm done for the day. I'm going to go home, write up a financial newsletter. I'll be sending that out later this week. You can get a free copy of it, signing up for visitor up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'll take a break here. I'll rejoin you in 22 hours. Have the faith. And uh, love the one you're with or something along those lines. Got a seminar coming up on the 12th. You can learn more at robblack.com.